Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services. And I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs again that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below when you purchase their services let them know derek sent you Okay, so a dancer for the Utah Jazz, right? They go out to do their performance and uh, quickly she realizes that the routine has been altered and she doesn't know. And she is dead center in the middle of this. And they're all doing something completely different around her. Is she a person of color? Yeah, she is a person of color. Mm. Um, and then and then after a while, while she's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on here, a non-person of color comes up to her to uh, to propose. What the fuck? After, after, after leaving her out there to look embarrassed as fuck because she doesn't know the routine. like That is I'm, not the time to come out there and be like, ha, ha, I got you, by the way, you want to marry me? Yeah, that is. this is not the time. This is not y'all, the time for this. Y'all uh, men be doing all types of stupid ass proposals. Right. I I don't say y'all men because I never had actually got a chance to propose when I was married. I see this shit every day on fucking social media. Dumbass proposals. Right. Yeah. Hey, you just walk the stage after you just walk the stage after going to school for six years and this is your moment. You want to marry me? Yeah. I when my in my case, I never got a chance to propose when I ordered the ring. The ring came in uh in the middle of me having the flu like real bad and after a couple of days of having the flu and being bedridden my ex-wife was just like you know what can i just wear my ring and like that's pretty much how i I never actually got a chance to propose i was i was i was sick as a dog and she was just like yeah I i mean the ring's here already like, <laughs> can I just wear my ring? That's pretty much what, how that happened. For me, like, I don't. I don't see how embarrassing someone to propose the way to do it is like, the way. I don't. Do I, and 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 that's that's social media driven. I feel like I feel like the need to embarrass somebody or to tell a joke or to do this, that, and the third has been skewed since social media and people putting stuff on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, whatever it may be, because I mean, 20 years from 20 years ago, rather 25 years ago, 
I think that it was much more likely that you'd see folks just on one knee at a restaurant. But right. now folks are trying to do the whole. I think remember I that mean, um, people remember that one Bruno for... Mars. Remember was it a Bruno Mars? Was that his actual yeah. video or was it something else? No, it had... was it was his song that the, I think I want to marry you song. Yeah, you know what, what I'm talking about. Where they what, did that thing in the back of the car. I think ever since that, folks have been trying to do stuff but, to. But, but see, also, it's not even just that. It's like people are going, like, doing real crazy shit for, like, prom dates and shit now. Like, it's going way too fucking far. It's like, it's a prom date. It's not like it's, you're not you're not getting married, dog. I mean, I mean, you might, but, like, it's a prom date. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to go this hard. Oh, yeah. My favorite ones are the ones that aren't my favorite ones, which were white folks uh, ask black folks to the prom in the most racist way possible. Pick yeah. me like I'm cotton. Yes, I've seen one of those before, and I, you know, it was it was like Alabama or Mississippi, which I mean, they're basically the same place. But I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised funny, at all. <laughs> but I don't. Lie. But see, the thing <laughs> the thing about this video is it was shared. What what I see is it was shared by uh, Lonnie Love, and this was suggested to me because I don't follow Lonnie Love. Lonnie Love, uh, and she put too cute, and it's like no, this isn't cute at all. Like I don't see how embarrassing someone. Yeah, but y'all, are, you're looking at how that's not how they look at it. They don't think they're embarrassing the person. They no, they don't like think this, they are. But no, yeah, but I mean, but it's contrived. Also- like the way you were describing it was like, I'm gonna embarrass my fiance to get her to propose to me. They're not thinking that. I mean, that's what happens. But what they're thinking is, I'm about to do this cool little skit. And then she's gonna be shocked when it's actually all this crazy stuff is happening because I'm gonna propose to her. And it's gonna make it all make sense. That's what people are thinking. Yeah, but, but it, what makes it worse is it's, it's compounded by the fact that this is uh, a, a, a black lady and then the white dude comes in to propose and it's in Salt Lake City. What makes it worse to me is that this might be, and we don't know because we don't know her background, we don't know her past, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this might be the worst moment of her life. Like she's out there performing with her, with her cheerleading troupe, with her group. And she's like, why don't I know this? And she might be, you know, if she has anxiety, she has something like that. She might be worried about that. And he's not even thinking about that. He's just like, I'm going to embarrass you. And then I'm going to put the spotlight on you at your lowest moment of the day. Yeah. No, that's not what he's thinking. No, that's not what he's thinking at all. That's not what he's thinking at all. It's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. I just I just shared this on Facebook so you can see her face. Her face is like, oh fuck. She's like trying to smile because yeah, she's that's supposed to smile through this. Like, that's what I was trying to say. I'm like, I thought y'all were trying to say that's what these people are thinking. And I'm like, I, no. I think negatively of people, but I don't think that I don't think these people are thinking that. That's just no, I think that they're walking into it like this is gonna be the best thing ever. And yeah. it's like hella embarrassing. Yeah, and not. I think that's why I think that's why to a lesser extent, why you see these women telling the guys no when they propose to him at a baseball game or or mid-quarter of the basketball game because they're embarrassed dog like you're putting it on them in front of everybody and it's like i don't like this i don't like this moment maybe in a different moment i'd say yes but this is embarrassing and if she had said no i wouldn't have been surprised at all well no those people say no because they they never talked about that shit because they talked about that shit it wouldn't have fucking happened in public like that and she wouldn't have said no that right. shit happens because this is what people always say: don't propose in any public setting unless you know the answer is going to be yes. Mm-hmm. And some motherfuckers don't know the answer is going to be yes. They just do it because they think 
because people think here's the here's the thinking of it. They think society tells you, media tells you that like getting married is like this big thing to women. And a lot of women portray that as well. Like the marriage is this whole thing. Then you had the Bridezilla show. It's like marriage is this big thing to women. And so guys who don't know better, they see that shit and they go, you know how I can make this marriage even bigger than her? I can make that day, like her biggest day, something that everyone gets to enjoy with her. And But they don't, but they don't think that like, she don't want that shit. She's like, no, she, most women don't want that shit. I bet you 99% of women don't want to be proposed at the 50-yard line of a Dallas Cowboys game. I'm, I'm, I'm also wonder, pretty certain that there's women who don't want to be proposed to on their birthday, um, on Christmas, um, on the 4th of July. Some of them do want that. No, though. I mean like get married on those days. Oh, yeah, get married on those days. Yeah, get, get married well, on those no, days. Nobody wants to no. get married on those days. But, or you can, or, and, and the complete opposite of that is ludicrous. The rapper? Yes. Do you know what okay. happened with Ludacris? No. When he, when he got married, uh, he proposed. She accepted. He already had the whole thing planned out. It was that day. I wouldn't. <laughs> that would be wild to me, too. <laughs> he had the whole fucking... He had her... I mean, because, like, let's see. I mean, the, 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 the wedding is your wife's princess moment. Like, this mm-hmm. is her moment. This is her princess moment. But he already had the whole day planned. And so she, she accepted the proposal and they got married that day because he had already had everything that's the that's the opposite right like what you say it's that princess moment so you know people see the princess moments like what do princesses do they get trotted around in public and everybody's waving at them and congratulating them and stuff like men think that way this is exactly what you said that was a perfect analogy that's what men think and then they go do this shit and then they see these basic ones in public and they go well you know, it's the social media era, era now. I don't want to be basic. So how can I make this different? How can I make this, you know, how can I how can I uh, make this better? How can I make this different than anybody else? How can I do something nobody else has done? And then they come up with these contrived bullshit, but all it does is embarrass these women. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying that with ludicrous. Some women want the whole, they want to build this spectacle because it's their vision. It's what they dreamed of. They were whatever, you know, the princess wedding should be theirs and theirs completely. And to take that away from him might be an issue as well. But maybe he spoke with her beforehand and was like, hey, in a perfect wedding, what would you want to do? Because Ludacris has the money to do that. Most niggas ain't got the money to do that. I'm looking at an article from back then, right? Because this happened in 2014. Um, It says... Uh, he took his longtime girlfriend to dinner out uh, at a restaurant in Georgia after their engagement. And when they returned home, there was a wedding dress, which his mom picked out, draped over a piece of furniture. Um, your mom should not be picking out this dress. Unless she knows what she wants. Yeah, uh, no, your mom said that's no, that's only happen. no, no. I, I'm feel I feel you, but I'm saying the only way that that works is if your mom, because my mom and Nisha are really close, like they're really close, and so Nisha might have confided to my mom what she was looking for in a dress. Maybe 
I don't know. But if that didn't happen, if that conversation didn't happen, dude, you better let her use your yeah, money. When you get dressed, you got to go try that shit on. It may look good in the picture, but it might not look good on you. Like, that's a, that's that's a true. lot. <laughs> that's true. Very true. But, you know, we don't know. They might have went dress shopping already. They might have had all this shit planned out. And Ludacris just took care of all the work. They might have talked this shit all the way out. Oh, this is dress I, 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 I hope so. I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I'm guessing they're still married, so I guess it worked out. That's a wild story. Right. Yeah. Yes. Doing that. I couldn't even imagine. I, I'm just saying, I wouldn't, I would not want to embarrass my wife before I did something nice or something surprising for my wife. Yeah, and I, I got jokes all day long, and I wouldn't want to put her in a position of anxiety before I gave her joy. That's fucked up. That's a bad start. It's like it's like it's it's almost as bad as like proposing in the middle of a haunted house. Like you know what I mean? Like why unless that's her thing. This? But in no place, in no situation, is your thing getting all the dance steps wrong. That's like that's literally to me the equivalent of. I'm in my underwear taking a test as bad dreams go. Yeah. To, to be out in the middle of the court at a fucking uh, jazz game and looking like, what the fuck just happened? And she's looking around like, and like her looking around to try to figure out what the fuck is going on is how eventually she saw him behind them. Mm. That's how she saw him and realized what was happening because she was looking around trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm just saying, don't marry niggas from Utah. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm I, not niggas. I'm sorry. Don't marry folks from Utah. Period. Yeah, Paul I Malone. Mean, I mean, this, this sounds like some shit that that that, that happened on Playmakers. So, like, that's how he got married to Robin. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of. Today, we're uh, discussing episode six, Man in Motion. I really thought this is a weak episode overall. Yes. I thought that it was, I think it had a lot of stuff happening, and yet nothing happened at all in this episode that was consequential. Um, I think that it might have hit uh, harder if it was 2002. Yes. You, you know, but nowadays it's like okay, like Garowitz, we us find out he has a boyfriend. It's like, yeah, and and like holding on to that until the end is just like, exactly. Come on, come on dog, come like, on, for real. This, I mean, because I mean, we we don't feel the same way that we feel about about the LGBT plus community. Um, that, you know, which. If we, we just don't feel the same. We don't yeah. feel the same way about that. And like, so these days in like subsequent episodes of how this is treated, especially when, 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 when everyone finds out mm-hmm. um, and what they do to him as a result of that, it's just like something that I'm glad would not happen now. Yeah, me too. Me too, because I can already imagine what it's going to be without even seeing it and i'm already despising it they, so they, i mean they basically treat him like um like like um like they treated jamie fox with the invisible juice they just leave him <laughs> wide open to get destroyed 
No, they 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 destroy him themselves in practice. Uh yeah. And they and they keep throwing him the ball because you know he's a tight end, um, which is like a kind of joke in itself um, for someone who is immature enough to make sure that their tight end is gay. You know, it's a very immature joke. My tight end is gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but like, yeah, they do this to him in practice uh, once they find out. So I didn't, I, yeah, that was the big thing that I was like, okay, that didn't age well at all. Um, but to start the show, Gerowitz is quoting the philosopher Kant, uh, in which he says, no condition exists where deception can serve any good. But Kant never took a hit from a blitzing linebacker. And so he's talking about how you have to learn how to fake in football. You have to fake with your eyes. You have to fake the blood on your shirt. Everything has to be a fake. And it shows the... Um, Isn't Kant the guy that's um, referenced a lot on The Good Place? I can't remember. Wonk, wonk. <laughs> um, but Gerwitz does all that work to sell this fake, making the linebacker think that it's a pass instead of a running play. And DH still got laid the fuck out as soon as he pitched the ball. Like DH got laid out the way niggas used to get laid out in Tecmo Super Bowl when yes. the when, defense when you, chose when the, same the same play, play as you. Oh, <laughs> and there was nothing you could do. The only person who could get away from from a blitz like that was fucking Barry Sanders and Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders. Um, and that was pretty much it. it. It was like happenstance. And he got hit so hard that I feel like the the director was like, okay, defense, stand right here. And as soon as we say action, just hit this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he got hit like... Um, like Orlando Jones in that in the one movie with the was it the replacements? The replacements. Was it the, you know, he just laying there just like, oh okay. Oh okay. Like, you know, I really, I really want to hate that movie. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's I, I don't think that there is such thing as a truly awful football movie. Exactly. But I want to try. I feel like I should try harder, but it has so many good things in it, like Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman and fucking Orlando Jones. But the fact that they had the part where they're doing the electric slide in the jail and that's their come together moment. Yeah. It, it, and then, you know, the and and like the 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 quarterback crosses the line and then it's like yeah this is their come this is their other come together moment like Mm -hmm. because they felt abandoned but this guy's a dick so like when he comes back it's gonna be great Mm -hmm. um it was it was it was i was it's generic but it's still very enjoyable it is it's just i don't i don't hate it i mean I, i i'm pretty sure i like it better than the than the program yes I mean, what can be worse than the program? A lot of things. The program is a product of its time. Um, kind of like Playmakers. The program is a product of its time. It's not, it's not something that you could you could not make the program now. It's like we just don't feel the same way that we feel about things. Yes, as definitely. Um, so yes, the program is bad, but it's a product of its time. So I still don't count it as an awful football movie. I, I do. What, what would you count as an awful football movie? Then I'm, I, I mean, I'm not calling it awful. No, no, I'm I, not calling it awful. I don't think there's any such thing as an awful football movie. Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues is not awful. It's just corny. 
It's like, corny, you know, yes. It's not awful because like when fucking when when they're when they're when they kick out fucking um when they kick when they kick the coach out and they start <laughs> running plays, where the fuck did he get the fucking play calling microphone from? And I, I, I have the questions. Coach, the coach left the shit behind. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I do have come on, y'all. Let's go. Let it go. Let's go. Let it go. Let's go. Let's go. So, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to think about that. I'm really going to figure out a bad football movie because there's not a lot of them. Waterboy wasn't a bad football movie because it didn't have a lot of football plays in it. Like, Necessary Roughness was not bad either. Necessary like, Roughness it's... wasn't bad. What about the one where The Longest Yard, the one with Adam Sandler and, and Nelly in it? Stone I, fucking that, Boston. I fucking love that movie. So I was, did I, we, where they were playing was... the cops. I was just talking to um I was just talking to Brandon about this uh where we were talk where I, you walked away at one point and I just saw someone had just watched it and like he noticed like Stone Cold and he noticed Goldberg and and Kali but he didn't notice all of the other wrestlers that were did, there because like he, most he of the didn't guards, notice Big Daddy Cool in that motherfucker like Kevin Nash was there like like half of the guards were wrestlers. <laughs> Uh, and he didn't notice them at all, but he noticed them. And I'm just like, yo, that's fucking Kevin Nash. He was also Shredder. He was also Super Shredder. Like, you need to make sure that you know what the fuck's going on here. He was Super Shredder. He was the guy in the suit. And Uncle, Phil was the, and Uncle Phil was the voice. So, um, <laughs> Coach is concerned about DH's concentration, but I mean, like, dude, he was high. Like, he was high, high. DH ran a slow screen, and then on another play, this nigga fucked up a draw play and almost took out Derek, the quarterback. <laughs> so DH yeah. like, you know what? Throw the book down and walk out. Yo, this nigga, this nigga does the receiver thing behind the line. And he's when he doesn't sell that play, it's because this nigga is behind the line going, woo, woo. Like, <laughs> so, so here's one thing that um I, I've noticed as a basketball coach and I've seen as a basketball coach and it always makes me laugh. And Brandon, being somebody who played basketball, you know the dude that stands in the corner, all the way in the corner, as far away from where the play is as possible and says, I'm, o- I'm open. Hey, 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 right here, dog. Right here. I'm, o- I'm open. And as soon as they get the ball, they don't do shit with it or it goes off their hands and goes out of bounds or they get mobbed. <laughs> And it turns into a turnover. I feel like I'm I'm being attacked right now. (laughs) I just want to say that because everybody knows I can't shoot. But, like, if I'm wide open, pass me the fucking ball, nigga. Like, I'm going to try. The only thing that's worse than that nigga who's like, woo-woo, (laughs) woo-woo, is the nigga who does that the whole game and then finally gets the ball on the last shot and makes a lucky-ass three-pointer and walks off strutting like they meant to do that shit. (laughs) If you have to do that, that means they're not looking for you for a reason. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and you I, make I, that I, final three pointer. You like all day in your face. Told y'all <laughs> niggas you should guard me. You can't, <laughs> niggas, all the time by myself. No help. <laughs> by the way, I was on I was on mute earlier because I had to do something, but I was listening. And the one thing I have to say about Gerwitz is that is the the smallest tight end it I is. could have ever seen in my entire life. He's Correct. he's he's not kicker small, but the way guard dog is too small to be a guard. Girl with the too small to be a tight end. You know what you call it is the tight end. Like oh oh is the fucking is the tight end size. Yes, and is Kelvin the- is a defensive end size. Also, yes. you notice how the quarterback never talks to anybody on his offense ever. 
They nope. never give him a line to talk to his own linemen, his receivers, DH. The How only time he's star running back, he never talks to DH. The yep. only time, the only time he's they got him talking to somebody, he's usually talking to like a coach or like one Eric. Of the, or woman or Eric. And that was it. That's that's all he actually talks. Oh, and that one time he talked to that dude to try to get the drugs. That's yes. it. And we don't know what position he played. Nope, not at all. So Eric notices that Leon is is smiling after DH's tirade, but Leon's like, you don't dance on another man's misery. And I, I had to write that down because, again, that's another mindset that didn't age well in the age of social media. But, you know, go off, Leon. Feel bigger than somebody until... With a smile on his face. Like, he had a huge grin on his face. Exactly. You don't dance on another man's misery. Besides, DH has had more comebacks than Freddy Krueger. Somebody accurate. wrote that line. Accurate. But it's accurate, though. Mm. Does, does Freddy Krueger have because comebacks, every, or is he, a, is he a dream? Freddy Krueger, every time they think they got him, he comes back in another fucking movie. So, like... But he's a dream. I mean, he was a man that, you know, he keeps coming back to the dreams. No, what I'm saying is somebody who keeps coming back would be Jason. Yes. Freddie being a part of your dreams. Yeah, you, but it still, it still doesn't matter because every time they think that they got rid of him, the motherfucker comes back. So it, it counts just the same. I guess. Um, Samantha calls him and says, hey, I got questions. I heard that you domestically violenced Robin. I said that wrong, but it's still funny, so I'm going to let it stay. It's not funny. Domestic violence isn't funny, but saying I heard you domestically violenced Robin, I'm going to let that sit. Um, yeah, and she said she got the she got the information from that lady that Robin talked to. Yeah. And the lady who said that this from shit is completely, conf- that this completely confidential and, and this is just on, well, on record. Yeah, That's this is just on record, just in case something else happens to you, we can reference this. But yep. That's how we always find out about this shit, real life. It or in out. elevator videos. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a video. And um, she's like, Leon, I want to see if you want to get together so I can get your side of the story. Um, meanwhile, Coach George goes to Will Banks, complains about DH, and Will Banks is like, I'll give DH a, a stiff fine. And Coach <laughs> is like, a fine won't stop a drug addict? And Will Banks is like, What? This is the first time I've heard that DH is a drug addict. Will Banks is full of shit. This nigga goes. I don't understand what Will Banks' thing is. Like, does he want to win? Like, because if you want to win, your thing would be. You don't want him on crack. Go go get off this crack, bro. What are you doing? And and the idea, he goes, well, he passed his drug test. And then, like, then they flash to, like, him telling him that the drug test was coming. Well, he passed his drug test. If he's a drug user, how did he pass the drug test? Because, nigga, you told him. So I, I, I also also want to point out how much of a liability having a crackhead is on your offense because they will give away your playbook for a rock. He has access to a rock. See, see, you're you're conflating two things: the crackheads who do that shit, or the crackheads who don't who have don't money. have money. Yeah, <laughs> get the crack. The, the the rich people on cocaine and crack 
they just go buy more crack. They just buy but, more crack. But but also what could happen is because we've seen him go to his drug dealer's house and go shoot and, and go smoke up in the bathroom. Like if he has his playbook with him, because of course he leaves the keys with the little boy, the little boy can bring the playbook in. The the drug dealer can take pictures with his with his phone and sell those motherfuckers to the high to the highest bidder. Sell the pictures to the highest bidder. Like the drug dealer can do that. Because mm-hmm. this ain't gonna be fucked up for a while. He's going hey, man, to I will give you two extra rocks if you give me your playbook. Oh, okay. I mean, but I don't think that's I don't think that's for DH. Like the extra rocks, it's not like he can't pay for it. Yeah, but still, who would turn down free rocks? He doesn't need free rocks. But like you know, all turn, the rocks you turn, if you can, if you what's your favorite restaurant again, Star? Applebee's. <laughs> no. I don't even know what my favorite restaurant is because I've but been separated if, from if, my if, place. If so I went, if I went to my favorite restaurant, and they offered me something free, even though I had money. I'm not going to turn down to something free and be like, "I'm insulted. I have money." But if you if you're offering me extra rocks when I but that's not probably, free if you have to give something up. Yeah, and I'm, if I'm if I'm already a multimillionaire and I can afford all of the rocks that I want, giving me two extra rocks doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? That's like that's like that's like me going rocks. to that's like me me going to a restaurant where I will normally eat. I order what I normally eat, and you order me like double what I normally eat. Well, I, I'm 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 already paying for what I normally eat. Anything else that you offer me is just some something take home. So it doesn't mean that much to me as what I'm going to be eating right now. So like, and because I'm able to pay for what why I'm here, like this does it doesn't mean anything. And I'm me, I'm broke. So like, you can't even like you can't even you can't even tempt me with an extra hamburger or two. So like, what the fuck is like for somebody who's probably a multimillionaire? Like, what is that gonna do? Nothing. I don't, I don't know. I think we're on the two different pages because if somebody offered me something free, even if I got money, but it's, it's not free. free if you gotta give it up something up. Yeah. But he don't. He won't give a fuck about his playbook. What? DH would not give a fuck about his playbook. He'd just be like, "I lost it, Chambers. Give me another playbook." Yeah, because I mean, well, DH is on that Bel Air Bel Air Academy offense in the first place. Um, you know, me passing the ball to Will. Like he's just like, "Yo, give me the ball. Like, and I'll I'll do what I do." I don't think he gives a fuck about a playbook, but I still don't think that he would just give up his playbook just for just for a couple of rocks. He might let you hold it for a minute, but then, you know when he leaves, you that book got to go with him. I don't think he's. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's responsible enough to know that 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 playbook is is connected to his livelihood and is the reason why he can afford these rocks. For sure, I don't think he'd be thinking about that, but I will agree to disagree with y'all. So, so um, coach is like, he's also playing like crap. And when he, when he dies on the field and they find cocaine in the system, what are you going to do? Find him again? That's an excellent point. Right? And that's when Will Banks cares. Because <laughs> coach is like, I ain't playing him again until he gets clean. And so Will Banks says DH needs to go on a detox for 72 hours. They said they give him something to accelerate it, so it's not. It's There's really some type of accelerated detox program or something yeah, or another. Yeah, they, they told him mm-hmm. that they were put they were putting him under. They were giving him something to accelerate the detox, and then and that pretty much lasts like pretty much a day, and then the 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 last day, the Sunday, uh, he recovers, 
and then they're going to give him something else to whereas if he does drugs after that they won't affect him mm-hmm. and dh's like i ain't got no drug problem and then his nose starts gushing blood <laughs> well Ben's like yeah okay you got it. there's a car coming for you in an hour i thought your nose only bled if you snorted coke he does that too no, we've only seen him do crack. Did, did we, no, because he's him? in the car with uh, with Juicy later on, snorting coke, and he's That's snorting true. coke when he's with um around what's his name, Smooth That's- Smalls. And that's Smalls true. like, yeah, we don't. That's white folks shit. Yeah, we don't do that shit true. right there. We, we have seen him do that, but we've seen him do crack more. But. Yes. So at that very moment, uh, Samantha calls Will Banks. Will Banks doesn't look happy, and Derek tells the team that the ladies of not Victoria's Secret, but Haley's <laughs> Whisper. <laughs> Haley's Whisper catalog are coming to do their catalog in their town. They need a good few men to they need a few good men to be with them. So he chooses Kelvin Gerowitz, the rookie, and basically it seemed like the whole fucking team when they got to the party. I don't know. I don't I don't really know. Yeah, he picked a couple people and the rookie was just like, Yeah, you better clean up, dog. Mm-hmm. And um Gerowitz calls home and says he'll be a little late because he's watching one of the players' kids. Yeah, like you couldn't. That's the best thing you could come up with, dog. Yeah, I mean, he could have just said, <laughs> he could have just said, like, "Hey, the 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 guys, kind of like a team building thing where we're gonna go to the club." You know, I, I got a babysit. Yeah, that shit makes no sense. And um, meanwhile, Derek is like, "I can't participate because I'm seeing someone." But Eric, you know, asked for more details, and Derek is like, "I can't talk." About Will Banks wants to see Leon and wants him to sit down with Samantha and lie about everything, basically. And he wants Robin to lie about everything. DH is on the disabled list that week, so Leon's starting, and Will Banks don't want no extra issues popping up out of nowhere. Um, DH goes to the detox center, and she wrecked him. his RM wrecked him, checks him for drugs, I'm figuring, because she puts on the glove and tells him to bend over. That look was priceless. I don't care if it was good acting or not, but like when she told him to bend over and that motherfucking shit snaps and that, that glove snaps, that look on his face was priceless, whether it was that good was acting a, or not. That was a mid-2000s classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene where you got where you got a, a, a doctor telling somebody to bend over so they can check them for drugs or some shit. We saw mm-hmm. it in eyes. You see it in every prison movie, every prison TV show, everything that has to do with drug tests. Also on says, road trip, because they, they was that, that road trip or was that American Pie? That was American Pie, where uh, Stifler realized he likes to have his uh, prostate massage in order to come harder. That was American Pie, right? We try to forget Stifler. Was that American Pie though? Well, Stifler was great in um, role models and Goon, and yeah, Goon was a good movie too, and uh, the Rundown. The rundown, the movie with The Rock? Yes. Fuck no. Yes, that's probably the best movie The Rock ever did. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about Stifler in that movie. No. That movie was great. I'm Thunder. Here comes lightning. Here comes Thunder. Here comes lightning. <laughs> no. no. Fuck that shit. Fuck that nigga Stifler uh, in that movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. But um, that was... Disrespecting Dwayne, by the way. That was back that's in the day where The Rock stop. still was called The Rock during movies, and he would do The Rock bottom in every movie he was in. Yeah. Yeah. But um Leon walks into the room, into his bedroom, and Robin's wearing lingerie. Did Stifler play in a movie with Chow Young Fat or some shit like that too? Who? Look it up. 
I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. So Leon walks in the room and Robin's wearing lingerie and, and she's looking like she's ready to make up sexually. But Leon's like, yo, we got it. We need to talk. Why the fuck did he's like, yo, I'm going to get this in. <laughs> then we can talk. Exactly. There's no reason why I'm not going to. If my I'm wife is wearing lingerie, anything I need to talk about can be talked about in a few seconds. It said the kids is gone. Bulletproof Monk is the movie. I'm I, I, that was a good movie, too. I sent the kids to my mom's house for the weekend. That means we fucking. Exactly. And I'm. you know what? We got to talk. We got a whole weekend to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's never no ass. This is a we got now. We got now. We ain't had ass. I've been sleeping outside and on the couch. You no, want man. to get it in? I want to get it in for I've been you. Sleeping in, I've been sleeping in Rosita's room. I, don't, I can't remember the, uh, the 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 housekeeper's name. Um, I've been sleeping in Rosita's room. Like shit. Look. Shit's Bottom line: If you want to give it to me, I want to take it. Exactly. And then we gonna talk about this after the fact. But of course, he had to do it right after because, like, you got to set this up before the game. Nah, he had to talk to her right after so she could say, Samantha, she's a miserable, conniving bitch who's enjoying this whole thing. But I don't want you to hey, look, we go, I'm gonna hit this off first. <laughs> like, right. We're not we not gonna do it this way. Right. I ain't saying the S word around you, I feel Robin. Like, I feel like she's not wrong here. She's not and, wrong. She's not, she's not wrong, wrong. And it came out of nowhere. Like, was Leon, were they having an affair? No, she wanted to, and Leon told her, no, I love my wife. At that point, but he was thinking about it, too, so were they having an affair? Like, what did Robin see that made her dislike her? No, they weren't having an affair. They they didn't have an affair. All she saw was she called the house, and he he lied to her about it. But they weren't actually having an affair. That's the only thing that she really feels, and then also, like, she told him about the trade um and like so so she looks at it like like she said last week you know he talks to her before he talks to me about stuff and stuff like that that's her only real beef with samantha because he didn't do anything with her mm-hmm. but yes she's a conniving bitch who's enjoying this whole thing and leon's like i i sam called will banks and we have to settle this and he tells robin that they that he needs her to go on tv with him and she gets mad that he wants her to lie to, and I quote, Samantha. Yeah. She's big mad, and she says Leon is Sam's meal ticket. If he won't be her big stud, he'll be her big story. And I'm like, what? She's not wrong. Unless I we mean, find out, unless he says, you know what, I fucked her, she's projecting a lot. No, not really, because every time we see Samantha, when she's just doing her job, she's usually reporting on him. <laughs> but that's the, the, but but I but mean, that's that's every time we see her. Exactly. Like, you know I mean, that's not saying that, that he is her this job. The, and and just like you told me, this the way that the show portrays it. But looking at it from the outside in, she's doing her job. Yeah. If. Like, there's tons of people who are reporting the news who are like, yo, why is it that every time a news story comes up, I'm the one who's going out to a hurricane? Yeah. Why am I always the one holding on to a stop sign reporting the hurricane that's three blocks down the road? I'm Derek, and there's a tornado behind me again. If you see on my shoulder, you'll see the same shit that I could have shown you from the fucking studio. Didn't somebody do that? Yes. 
Okay, I, I remember seeing something like that. Like you're seeing the same thing you could have saw. Oh God, I'd be mad too. She um she tells him that that Robin tells him that she isn't a good liar. And Leon's like, he is neither. But if you want me to have a career after football, this has to go away. And so Robin's like, Samantha wants to destroy us. And then she walks out. You should have smashed before you opened your mouth, homie. Yep, should have, 100%. Um, and, and, and it's like, you know, it's that it's that thing. Like, she's a, she's a housewife, so she doesn't have that thing that we all have when we're married uh, in the, and your wife tells you about work and that one, that one bitch that wants to kill her at work. Um, like, you know, like, we all have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, because she's a housewife, like, this is hers. Samantha's her her rival. Yeah, I can feel that. Uh, the doctor tells DH that the detox will primarily be done while he's asleep. This is the easiest detox I've ever heard of. It's going to be eleven hours, but for you, it's going to be five minutes. Rich people detox, um, and then he'll get a prescription that'll neutralize any drug in his system going forward. Leon comes to kiss Robin at their house, and she tells him Samantha will be here in a half an hour, so you better get dressed, and we need to get our story straight. Yeah, she was like, I couldn't even handle that. That's simple as shit. The grip. Yeah, it's like they're gonna put you to sleep and you're not gonna feel any of this. You should be happy about that. I'd be thrilled. Oh, word. I don't have to go through withdrawals. Cool, because I threw up after two hours. And and look, it didn't listen. All right, just go. I'm I'm so the team is at the party and Derek shows up with Beth. And Derek doesn't know, but (laughs) Beth and Eric do. He got the after Beth. Right at the best. Also, <laughs> DH calls Kelvin, and Kelvin's like, "No, fuck that shit. No." Eric is me mugging Beth, and they have a flashback to their sex. And Kelvin leaves the party, and DH begs his security guard to let him go down into the lobby and pays him to let him go. Security guard should be fired. My thing cameras is- throughout the entire fucking room. Yes, but also DH is going to the club after someone put their whole hand in his ass. So he is wide the fuck open right now. Okay. They um so, like you gonna go chill out in the club where you probably have to, you're probably on the verge of shitting yourself at any moment right now. I'm sure it wasn't directly after, but okay. <laughs> it's not too long. Just, um, it's not too long. It's not it's, it's not, not but it, to, you know, I'm I'm not thinking about that shit. I mean, you you you've been backdoor. What you? It doesn't it doesn't close up that fast. Well, not for us, but you know, I'm just, I'm just. anyway. Um, the girl who's on Kelvin, who's who's kissing and hugging up on Kelvin when DH calls. Her name is Juicy. I don't know why she's not juicy at all, but um, Robin. They go back to Robin and Samantha, and Robin tells her lie to Samantha, like Samantha doesn't have the notes from CFS. And so Robin then tells Samantha, you know what, I lied to them because I was upset at at, at Leon. DH at the party, snorting, corca- snorting cocaine with Juicy, and Eric is stalking the area and sees Beth and asks her, what are you doing here? And then he starts hating on, Der- on Derek while she's hating on whatever woman he's with. She's like, what are you doing here with that skinny-ass bitch? But we're not dating though. And Basically. Kelvin te- Kelvin asks Eric if he's seen DH and it cuts to DH snorting cocaine in the car with Juicy. And Eric asks Beth if she told Derek about them. And she says, No, I didn't tell him that you have first dibs on me. Uh, 
Kelvin finds the I mean, in the he, car with hey, apparently, apparently he hit it and never called back. But that means, but as part of that is the reason because after that he was dealing with Robin and her shit. Hey, I'm just all I'm saying is this, Eric. This is your fault because you fucking Dorothy Mantooth Beth. Who? Dorothy Mantooth from Anchorman. Yeah, he took her out to a nice seafood dinner and didn't call her again. <laughs> but he didn't call her again because the moment after they finished having sex the first time, he had that's to go when find Robin. Robin. Called. That's yeah. when Robin called, and Robin has been there. But you know, Dorothy Mantu's a saint. Um, Kelvin finds DH in the car with Juicy and she's ODing. So they take off driving and Kelvin's worried that she's going to die. And he's also punching DH while he's driving and DH in the back seat, So they're about to crash, but they make it to the hospital. And DH tells Kelvin to leave her on the curb. But Kelvin, for some reason, is really in love with this white girl that he spent like 10 minutes with that he kissed. And so he's like, nah, man, he nah, carries he her does, to the doctor. He doesn't want to just leave her on the curve. He wants to take her to someone that's able to help. And that's what he does. He finds some people but that are... But here's my thing. Here's <laughs> my thing. How long was that car ride while she's ODing? She's ODing at the mm-hmm. club. And you drive all the way to the, 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 amp, to the hospital. She should be dead. It depends. It depends on the OD. We don't know how far the hospital was. It could have been like three turns. It could have. Uh, they go back to detox, and the security guard asks DH where he went, and DH like, shut the fuck up, man. And Kelvin tells security guard to, quote, take his no good ass outside before the future happens. The fuck does, does that, that mean? mean? Exactly. Then he tells DH they need to go visit Juicy, and he gets mad at DH for pushing up on him, pushing up on her, but he's talking hella loudly. So the RN comes in right as he's complaining again. And he's talking about how DH played him dirty and messed with his girl, and he's not leaving the detox. And the RN is staring right at him, and DH is like, he's with me. Fuck it, now you're a part of detox too, motherfucker. Gerwitz is worried about getting caught, and a woman asks him about his definition of a man's man. Like, the hints are all over the place in this episode. Yes. And he's like, a man's man wouldn't doubt his own usefulness and value. And Eric wants to leave the club after 2.30 and his girl that he's with doesn't look happy about it. But Eric takes her back to the room for some badly active sex. They're still over the top. Right. That, yes. With this with this gay storyline. And girl with the kiss the woman and she realized that he must have a girlfriend because there's no passion in the kiss. So he kisses her again like he means it. Yeah, so... It was some matrix shit right there. They're in practice the next day, and Kelvin gets beaten on the rush because he didn't sell the push from the inside. And Coach tells him that they're playing a team that hasn't allowed a 100-yard rush for in two years, which, welcome, Leon. They Good said luck. This team gave up 61 points in seven games. 61 points in seven games. So that's less than nine points a game. Come on, dog. Out of here. I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's some Chicago Bears 85 shit. And they happened to beat Baltimore. I guess they were doing Baltimore because the Ravens set the record. Yeah. For the also, that year, the year before. Yes. Basically. Um, Will Banks talks to Leon and lets him know that Samantha told him that all the domestic abuse charges were nonsense and that he's glad this is all be- behind him. He also asks him how Robin's doing and tells Leon that he's starting tomorrow, but you look tired. So go get some rest, old dude. Uh, the rookie is asking Derek if last night was a dream. 
And Derek asked Gerwitz if he was getting jerked under the table. Rookies asked when they'll do it again. And Derek asked Kelvin what happened to Juicy. Kelvin asked Derek if Beth still has him off the market. And Derek says the length that he has isn't from practice. And thanks and thank God the tongue heals faster than any other part of the human body. And he's saying this piece of ass when Eric sucker punches him. He tried to get he tried to get a sucker punch in because he got sucker punched. That's all it was. Yeah. And so the man with a fucked up knee planted and knocked your ass the fuck out. <laughs> and so Leon hustles him off and asks him what he's thinking, punching the starting QB. And Eric tells him that it was his girl that Jarek was with. And Leon's like, yo, for real, I'm down to hold him down while you beat his ass. <laughs> and Eric has to admit that he just fucked up and he has feelings about him. So Leon's like, call her, man. Stop with this Martin's or with this uh, Marvin's room shit. How's nobody right. had to talk with this nigga? For punching two niggas in the locker room. Back to back, week, two weeks in, in a row. Back to back weeks. You ain't that good, homie. Kelvin oh, and Miss. Who, who did he punch last week? He didn't Leon. punch Leon. <laughs> Leon punched him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he won for one. <laughs> he won for two so far. Um, <laughs> Kelvin and Miss. But, no but did how- he also remember earlier in the season, he did fuck that dude up. The, the, the crazy dude that was trying to get him hyped up. Yes, he did fuck up Trent. Kelvin admits that no matter how much he hates DH, he can't hate him. He tells DH to juicy pull through, and DH like, that's good. DH says, so, Baltimore. And Kevin, and Kelvin says, Baltimore-less, man. Huh? I, I don't get it. Huh? This, this, yeah. We don't even know yeah. if that woman's dead. <laughs> no, he tells no, he her he that said, juicy pull through. And... Yeah. DH is going to be in rehab and we'll see him next week. And Kelvin tells him that if you ever holler at one of my shorties again, I'll slap the taste out of your mouth. Yeah, fucking right, dude. Yeah, proven to be a poodle throughout this entire show. Every fucking week is like, I'm mad at him, but then I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at him, but then I'm not mad at him. Every Mm -hmm. fucking week, dog. Like, you you ain't just going to be growing balls because it's a perk like don't say something that you came back up plus like i said that wasn't your girl dude right so let's talk autonomy and ownership like you kissed her but she wasn't dating you kelvin needs to realize that no matter what she literally chose willingly and he's the chambers of dh Derek. dh is like i'll see you on the other side Eric is blowing up Beth's phone and begging her to call him, saying he has a better plan. Robin says that she's okay with him making Leon realize that Robin says she's okay with with lying for Leon, but she doesn't really mean it. She isn't okay, and he knows it, and there's nothing that he can do. And she's still wearing the ace bandage, and Leon's like, what are you doing today? And the way he says, what are you doing today, is the same way that you ask your girl, hey, you you hungry? (laughs) And she's like, I don't know. Mom's coming to get the boy, so I have a free day. And he's like, cool, let me ruin it by taking you to the football game. And she's like, okay. I'm Because I'm starting, and that may never happen again. And she's like, okay. And they, No, they both laugh because that was funny. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. That was funny. Because like, so, I'm starting, and that may never happen again. The way he said this, that was funny. I don't care what nobody said. the grips. Right. And so uh, Eric says that he stopped seeing Beth, not because he didn't want to be with her, but because he stopped, he started wanting. 
So now he's hating on Derek from a distance, but he Stop. apologized for One punching team? Derek, but he doesn't. I don't know. I don't know what 95% of the shit they said on this episode meant. It was bad writing. I, I started wanting. Did you start wanting her? Did you start wanting to tell her everything? Because you literally did that. You told her everything like in the first 10 minutes of y'all meeting. So what is everything? Um, Derek tells him that Beth blew him off last night. And as Chambers continuously calls Derek's or Eric's name, uh, Derek tells him that she told him that she had some unfinished business with, with Eric. And at that very moment, Chambers tells Eric that Beth is in the players' lounge waiting for him. And Samantha walks in on Leon and Robin having a conversation where Robin's like, I want to go home. And tells Leon, good luck, and tells Robin, enjoy the game. And she and Robin sounds less than enthusiastic about the game as a whole. So Leon calls Samantha over right as she's about to leave. And she's and he's like, you know what? I lied about the domestic violence situation. And Robin was trying to protect me. And I'd like to talk to you after the game. And Robin looks shocked. So Eric goes into the lounge to see Beth. And she says she got his call and asked what the better plan is. And he's like, the better plan is being with me. That's, that's the worst fucking thing you could possibly say. That's mm-hmm. not a plan. That's just like, that's you wanting. Right? Hey, the better plan is you drop that zero and get with this hero. <laughs> Basically what he said. And she's like, that sounds like a good plan. And they kiss. And Coach George tells the defense they need to mix it up with lots of stunting. The offense should be looking downfield with a no-huddle offense in the second quarter. The coach of Baltimore is going to run down Pennsylvania Avenue in his jock strap if they go all the way. And they need to stop that from happening. And the girl was- in this show, they just write football terms. They mm-hmm. just yes. say shit. <laughs> Very much so. This is a football term. We're going to say it. You need to say you, you, you want to stunt on them. Make sure you say that. Um... And Garowitz comes out of the tunnel talking about how football is deception and that you do whatever you can to win. And then, of course, that's when we find out he has a boyfriend who broke up with him. And I'm certain that this probably hit harder when I first saw it in 2002. But right now, it's just like, okay, your boyfriend broke up with you. I'm sorry to hear that. And, and like, it would have been, it would have been a harder, it would have hit harder if it wasn't telegraphed this whole episode. Exactly. Everything that he did, everything that he talked about was about this deception. And like when he kissed old girl and like the things that they were talking about was all basically about this deception, about uh, their relationship. Like, so it's just like you telegraph this shit too much. So like when it comes, it's just like I. this whole thing was this whole thing was literally the equivalent of. Girl Witch's deception was literally the equivalent of DH running across the line like this, waving his hands and shit as he ran across the line. <laughs> woo woo! Woo! In the corner, yeah. dog! In the corner, I'm open! <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, woo woo! Over here! I'm gay, actually! <laughs> I hey. think they actually had DH do that dumb shit as opposed to the actual the fake person that plays him as stunt double. They the showed him getting lit. They were like, hey, run as fast <laughs> as you can, nigga. <laughs> hey, DH, hey, Omar, we want you to run now. <laughs> For real, me? Yeah, go. <laughs> that it's nigga like, got lit. <laughs> it's like somebody came to him and spoke in his ear like Martin spoke to himself. Run real fast right now. 
they they probably didn't even tell him what was going on and he got home later on that day and fucking um his brother cuba was like man they did that same shit to me and uh boys in the hood dog no man they didn't tell dad. me when the guns was firing off man no, his dad walks in. His dad walks in after he got hit like that, singing his uh his most famous song. Everybody plays the fool. Like, <laughs> who's his dad? His dad is the guy who sings "Everybody Plays the Fool." <laughs> okay, you're gonna put a name to that, right? Who's his dad? Cuba Senior. Cuba Senior was in the group. All that right, Cuba Gooding Junior. Cuba Gooding Senior. That makes sense when you say it like that. <laughs> Cuba Senior is the is was in the group that sang "Everybody Plays the Fool." Was that the Barcase? How do you know these random shits? I didn't know that. Dude, you're going to get used to it. We've had years to, I've had years to just soak this in. Actually, I saw the, um, I saw the, um, well, I knew this, I knew that part already, but I did see the, um, the Vlad interview not too long ago where, uh, where uh, Omar sat down with Vlad and was talking about this and talking about his dad being in that group and not really being around a lot and that type of stuff. Omar so, is still getting interviews. Yeah, I mean, they they were glad, and this wasn't that long ago. So, Scar, got anything? Nah, not new. Just same old, same old. Brandon, you got anything? No, me neither. We appreciate y'all listening. Hey, y'all can now go to Spotify and leave a review for the show right underneath the. Uh, head the heading for the show at the very top there is a place where you can literally tap the screen and just put five stars it takes like three seconds so if you're listening to us on uh the return to oswald pod uh feed if you're listening to us on the uh hindsight feed or if you're listening to us on the single simulcast feed just go ahead and leave five stars real quick it literally takes a few seconds we appreciate it uh go ahead and also leave review on Podchaser. copy and paste that shit in the uh, apple podcast and then copy and paste that shit into the good pods app we appreciate that too um the the, the vlad interview was in october you can email the show at return to oswald at gmail.com uh you can also uh donate to the show at patreon.com um backslash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sing or slash ss cast you know what yeah yeah buymeacoffee.com slash ss cast uh and on the good pods app you can just leave a tip and you can leave a voicemail 916-633-1537 thank y'all so much for listening we greatly appreciate it y'all be good we're gonna holler at you later peace peace out peace Whoa, Brandon said peace. Wow, he actually said it. That's weird. Right? That was super weird. Right? That never happens. Never. Music for Cocaine Cougars was made by Broke for Free. And this song is called Calm the Fuck Down. It's available on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.